This is the Shannon Smith Shooting Podcast. Gas it up. What's up, gang? Welcome to the Shannon Smith Shooting Show Podcast. Another truck cast coming at you. I was down in Punta Gorda today, uh, south of south of the range where I'm at a couple hours, where the Hanson range is. My good buddy Dave Jenkins uh, runs a show down there. I had to pick up some ammunition from another Dave. So I got a little practice in with, uh, with Jenks. So that was good. It's Obviously, it's easy for me to practice at work, but it's always nice to get a different look, different range, different setup, and uh, get a little practice in. I'm headed out to the Magnus Cup this weekend. It's in Utah. Uh, I don't know much about it. It's a relatively new match, I guess. I think it's the first one. Uh, Magnus Shooting Sports is affiliated with JJ somehow out there in Vegas, and he's involved somewhat in the match or lending his name to it or however that's going to work. So I'm not sure. I haven't really researched it much. It just kind of fit the schedule, and I was able to get away. So a big match, I think, like 19 stages, three days. I'm not sure how many shooters they got. So I'll have have a report afterwards. Uh, that's where the Nationals are going to be this year uh, and, and have been in the past. So it's always good to get your feet on the ground and learn the lay of the land or remember the lay of the land and where the Waffle House is and all that important stuff that you need to feel comfortable when you're out shooting a match. Uh, so I'm leaving for that on Thursday, be back Monday, and I'll uh, have a little report on that match, try to maybe do an interview or so, maybe an interview or something out there for, for the podcast. Um, so practicing for that, I've got tomorrow a little bit and then Wednesday, get the guns cleaned and last minute checks and zero and uh, fly out early Thursday morning. I was going to cover the multi-gun nationals a little bit more and then probably hit area six uh, pistol championship as well. Uh, the last podcast I talked about multi-gun from the mass director standpoint and, uh, things I, I did right things I did long, did wrong, and lessons learned. Uh, so now I'm gonna hit it from a shooter's uh, standpoint. So we shot on staff days in this case, which was Wednesday, Thursday prior to the match. Uh, shot six stages a day, and that worked out pretty well. But it was a long day. I mean, we were we were six o'clock or something getting done, starting at you know eight thirty or nine, and uh, obviously some a little bit later than others. But uh, it was a lot of shooting. You know, long long day on the range after having put many long days on the range, getting that thing ready. But uh, we had a couple of good squads. As I, as I mentioned, a lot of my local studs were RO in the match, so they were shooting. They were there shooting on those days as well. Uh, so that worked out good. Kind of had the feel of shooting with your crew uh, for, for the most part. Uh, overall, I shot okay. I finished tenth which is not awesome, but uh, it's better than last year. Uh, equipment ran pretty good. Had a couple um, couple hiccups on the shotgun, which is not unheard of, but I need to get those figured out. I need to, I need to just flat out figure out how a damn shotgun works better than, than I know. Uh, you know, 1911 or an AR or something, I can pretty much diagnose the problem just from the feel of the gun. And uh, certainly once I look at it and see what's going on, 
Uh, but I'm not that way with shotgun yet, so I don't. I just need to take some time, find somebody that knows better, and sit down and figure everything out so I can self-diagnose when I when I have things going on. Uh, but a couple of hiccups here and there, but all, all in all, uh, not displeased with it. And rifle rifle ran flawless, and and the pistol ran flawless. I ran the the uh, short rifle, the Terran gun, 16 inch, for uh, really just it was it was a little bit more accurate. Even my other rifles, the 18-inch uh, Bravo Company, and if you're local around here, you know I've been fighting ammo uh, accuracy with really both guns, but specifically the Bravo Company, just because I figured 18-inch barrel is going to be more accurate, right? But uh, I haven't been able to find a round that uh, is accurate and uh, accessible and not ridiculously expensive. Uh, so I've been playing around. It seems like whenever I find one that I think I'm good, it goes out of business or you can't find the stock or, or something. Um, H, 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 uh, HPC, HCP, something like that I had for a while that was a really good 77 grain for pretty cheap and then got to where you couldn't find that anymore. So I went and experimented. It's a pain in the ass when you got you know buy a bunch of ammo and experiment and make notes and figure all that out. Uh, and then I settled on the, the Black Hills, uh, the remanufactured stuff. Uh, 77s were shot great. And to me, great is, you know, minute, minute and a half at, uh, at 400, certain, you know, certainly inside two minutes. And uh, then, damn, if I couldn't find those. So I got, the, uh, I got the new Black Hills, which was fine, but I don't want to pay that kind of price. Uh, so I don't know. So what I had left, I was a little tight. On the ammo and the the, the Terran gun was shooting it better anyway. Plus with the with base style stages and uh, moving around, uh, getting around walls and stuff. Obviously the shorter the shorter guns better. Uh, so it ran flawless. And then of course the pistol, good old STI Edge workhorse uh, that ran ran good as well. Uh, so all in all, I shot okay. The the long range stages I did I did okay on for me. You know I wasn't top of the line but uh, stage one was a little bit of shotgun through the woods along the creek and then pop out for the long range with the tank barricade thing and the rope we talked about that I uh, didn't have a whole lot of problems there I was one for one on the on the tank barricade I have been working a little bit on my long range stuff and uh, then the rope I survived and I had nine extra shots which is not fantastic but uh, I hit everything and then the other long range stage, I, you know, they're always learning and shooting in general, but for me, especially in three gun, uh, the other long range stage, there was five targets from like, I forget exactly, like two, 175 or two out to like 325. And there were two positions inside, inside the bus shooting through uh, out a window. And there was one more position from a uh, car shooting through the back passenger side window or pat, th shooting through the driver's side back window, through the passenger side back window, and then out onto the range. Uh, it didn't appear that difficult, and it was way harder than I thought. The, the I'd angled the bus when I parked it in a certain way because you had to run out the back of the bus and jump down and then move on to the next position, and it was kind of squirrely the way you were jumping out. I was worried about the 180 and... So I'd kind of angled the bus, so it was a little more advantageous for you to 
to move out the back with your muzzle discipline. And uh, but still, you know, you're shooting out of a window, solid metal frame window. You'd think it'd be fine, but it was just the way that first position was situated because it was the window right behind the the driver's seat, uh, which his backrest is taller, which was on my right side, and with a little bit of angle that was going on, you know, just it just wasn't comfortable. You know, and it's, that's one of those things like you can't you can't test it. Uh, you you know you can get up there and air gun it and it feels hunky dory, but then all of a sudden when you got the rifle in your hand and with your elbow position it was just it was just weird. And then uh, of course right after I just said my rifle ran flawless, I just remembered I did have a, I had a double feed on my first shot there. There was some close paper down on the ground that you shot kind of freestyle before you set up in position. And uh, I'm guessing it was a mag issue because I was using the 45 round mag there because of the all the all the rounds and uh first shot just had a double feed so I, that took i don't know five six seconds to clear it ended up banging the rifle on the oh yeah so i learned a lot on this stage actually i should do these podcasts more frequently i might remember this shit uh so i had this double feed and uh couldn't get it out so i was about to whip my knife out but then i, I slammed the buttstock against one of the um, seats and it came out well, then I grabbed that mag again because that was my 45 rounder with all the good ammo in it. And uh, just kind of hoped it worked, and it did work fine after that. Uh, so I shot that position, and w- w- because they had these close targets, um, and I put those there on purpose the, for people to have to mess with their scopes. So I fired the, you know, I had it on one power for the close stuff. And when I went up to throw it, my, uh, my throw lever, cattail, switch view, whatever thing, had slipped off of the bezel ring. So it was just free balling up there. So I just reached up and adjusted it by hand. No big deal, but on the razor that I run, I don't know if it's like that on every razor, but on mine, that thing's pretty stiff. Like, it's not, you can't just sling it over. I mean, you're putting some effort into turning it. So I got turned over and get into this position. And not only was the position uncomfortable, but the first two or three shots, I was swearing like I was seeing impact way high at the target. And it was about a, that was one of the farther ones, actually the farthest one I think, because I shot him left to right. So it was about a 325 or something, you know, not crazy. But my uh, my hold wasn't working. Checked the hold, good, fired around, boom, hit high. I did like three times, I'm like, well, you know the definition of insanity, right? You gotta make a change here. So I dropped it down to like pretty much my 200 hold boom, hit, boom, hit, boom, hit. And went one for one or close to it on the rest of those targets. So I go move to the next position and same thing, there's two close paper. Well, I didn't want to shift it back to one because of that bezel, the difficulty in swinging that bezel. Um, so I just aimed at him on six power on a 10 yard target. I just fired one A because at this point I knew I'd fired extra rounds Plus, I had that malfunction and shucked a couple. So I was worried about running out of ammo. Uh, used that same hold on that position, worked great. Came out, jumped in the car, and uh, that was another weird position. So you think, you know, back window of a car from a knee should be pretty rock solid, but the uh, car window was just a little bit too high for like a reverse knee with your elbow on your knee. I couldn't quite reach my elbow to my knee. 
So then I was trying to get up on my tippy toes to make him contact, and that was sucking, and then like a double knee was sucking. And, and that position wasn't that bad, but it just, nothing I'd planned on doing worked. So, you know, lesson learned to have a, some type of a contingency there and, you know, somehow practice that position better. You never know, you know, what height you're going to need. And then from there, he dumped that, ran over, and hit some shotgun, and no big deal there at the end. Uh, but so what I learned was I don't think, and, I, and I, by the time I figured this out, I'd already fixed the scope back with the adjustment adjustment knob. But uh, from talking to some of the other guys that are smarter than me, what I'm guessing happened is when I went to adjust that uh, the, the uh, zoom by hand, I don't think I got it all the way over on six power. And with that second focal of the razor, that throws your dope off. So I think that's why my my, uh, my hold was off there because I you know I just zeroed the rifle. I know I know it was good. And it was good on the other stages, uh, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So I, I don't I have I have the street lock, but I honestly don't have messed around with that much. But um, my understanding on there is you can you can do just that. You can say, well, what if I'm on? 4.5 power or 5 power and it'll show you uh you know your scope your dope it'll show you how how that affects your point of impact so gotta sit down and check that out and just something to learn you know i don't know if it'd be better at that point just to roll with it like all right well i know where it's hitting so keep on keeping on or once you realize that you know to, to reach back up there and check your adjustment maybe it'll go over a little bit more and, and you'll be good but uh all in all it worked out fine and then that was, uh, yeah, that was the first day. That, we had that stage on the first day and then the other long range on the last day. So I had it all fixed up and back to normal by then. Uh, the other stuff, I was, I was shooting with Joe Farewell, who's a pretty solid shooter and whooping my ass on every stage. Um, in the past, I've been able to run with him, but he's been working a lot at it and I've been working none at it. So shocker there. Uh, but it was good to kind of chase him around and, uh, you know, USPSA. And this is one of those, like, I know it, you know, why do you make stupid mistakes that, you know, you shouldn't be doing, but the, the way the scoring works, uh, with USPSA is man misses kill you. And, you know, I consider myself an accuracy guy. And so I'm not afraid of, of tight shots or tough shots, but of course, you know, I miss the easy shit. And even though you know it in the heat of uh, in the heat of the moment, you know you just forget that you can't you can't allow that to happen. Um, so I haven't I haven't done the woulda coulda shoulda to see how that would uh, affect my scores or if it would have affected my scores. But uh, I missed a target on on stage two on the pistol side, and I'm pretty sure I never even shot at it, but. Um, by the time I'd come back from the one half of this, it was a double bay thing. You know, they had already scored and taped the other side, so I never saw the miss. But the target that they thought it was, uh, I don't know, man. I had a couple of different plans, and I'm pretty sure I didn't shoot at it. So I, mean, I don't feel horrible at that, although although that's a dumbass mistake. At least it's not a, a standing miss that I know that I left out there. Um, but I missed a shotgun, Clay on a stage and you know I set this up on purpose there was some long range slugs on partial targets and then some medium range steel 
and then a couple of really close clays to play with their holdovers and play with their chokes and you know make guys have to aim and sure enough it bit me in the butt and it was the last target and I was dry and you're running to the other side but you just can't leave it man and I was you know pretty sure I missed it but at that point you're like ah surely I got one pellet on it and I'm probably good go for it and you know that's a 10 second that's a 10 second penalty on a stage that was probably well I don't know I don't remember 30 seconds or something or 40 seconds so you know, you're looking at 25, 30% of the stage points. Uh, you just, you have to stand there and suck it up and, and make a load and make that shot. And uh, then the, the all pistol stage of all things, uh, you'd think national champion pistol guy would be all right there, but I had a miss on the swing. And it was a, it was a tough shot. I mean, it was a zebra swinger at 18 or 20 yards or something. So it was a difficult shot, but uh, and I didn't call that one great. I, mean, I, I fired two at it and uh, wasn't happy, so I came back after I'd finished the last piece of the stage, little piece of the stage. I uh, fired another one and missed that one too. Now you're zebra target on a swinger, you know, I'm only missing the A zone by an inch, but uh, that's all you need to. Close don't count in that game. So again, that was a 20 second stage, 22 second stage, and a 10 second miss. So 50% you're adding to that stage as well so you know little little things like that really kick your ass and the, the way the multi-gun uh, uspsa is scored but it's all me man i know it and uh just can't can't have those things uh outside of that you know i shot pretty well we had we talked about the the two hinky stages where the guys figured out better ways around the block but we had you know we shot those on the staff day so we shot them all air quote straight up and uh, they went pretty well. I mean, at the stage seven was the first stage I shot of the match. And then 11, we shot on that same day somewhere. And I don't know, man. I mean, I guess getting down and getting up with a shotgun probably consumes time. But those also were not huge targets with slugs. Uh, so I, did, I really didn't mind being prone so much. I mean, it was a good stable position. I had one extra shot. Uh, so not bad it allowed you to move on the pistol shots a little bit so I don't know that that one was that that huge of a deal stage seven probably mattered but um, but I but I shot that stage well and then um, the last stage I'll talk about was the all shotgun stage so one of the things I did at this match which you've heard if you've listened to anybody's podcast is I, I threw in a single gun stage for each gun so three of the stages one all uh, rifle one all pistol one all shotgun uh, I did that for a couple reasons. You know, we're we're primarily a bay range, so you can make a really good stage with just one gun. Um, a big reason I did it was when USPSA started their three gun. That's all it was. I mean, you only shot one gun on a stage in, in the original USPSA three gun. So you had X number of pistol only, X number of rifle only, X number of shotgun only. Uh, obviously, they figured out that that's not what three gunners want, and, that, and that's when the Advent of multi-gun came around, but I did it kind of as a little throwback to homage of the old days of the way they used to do it. And uh, I think it came out well. I mean, the rifle stage was cool, I think. Uh, fast and furious with some weird positions. Uh, the pistol stage was, it was not awesome. It was okay. But, you know, super fast little stage. And uh, then the all shotgun. So coming from a guy that hates shotgun, um, I probably talked about this already, but I don't remember. But, you know, one of the skills I wanted to test was the 
candy caning of loads throughout the stage. Um, but in, you know, USPSA, that's a, that's a DQ. If you slug a steel, if I had paper in there, for example, for slugs. Uh, so we came up with the idea to do, to buck, to do buckshot on the paper. And that way, if you, you know, shot a steel by mistake with a buck or whatever, that, that's legal. So, so you're all right. You know, so again, a guy, a guy that hates, really hates a shotgun, but you still got to have, I wanted to have a nice, cool shotgun stage. And, and this had a lot going on. You had swinging steel, you had swinging clays, you had a flipping clay. Uh, there was a really low position. You had to get down like a super low crouch or a single knee. And then the stage started with a hand-thrown clay. So that was your first target. Start position was um, shotgun in your weak hand, clay in your strong hand on the buzzer, throw it, and that's your first uh, aerial target. Uh, so that was cool. We've, we've done that in the past at some local stuff and at Area 6, multi-gun. And, uh, you know, this was one thing I've learned about three-gun until I get better at it is, you know, the, the heavy shotgun stuff or the all-shotgun stuff is not where I want to get tricky to try to make up time. You know, quite the opposite. I want to lay up a little bit, be conservative, and try not to just have a disaster just to get through it. Uh, and I got through it pretty well. I had a really hard time coming up with a plan uh, you know, these guys were doing candy cane loads, throwing a buck here and a buck there and three bucks here. And I'm going to shoot this swinger with a buck because it's got more power. And uh, I just couldn't figure it out. You know, you think that a guy that builds the stages, again, contrary to popular belief, I'm not out there running them all week. So I really never sat down and looked at this stage and figured out a way to shoot it. You know, so we're up there, we're on uh, our squads up and I'm, a little bit down in the order, so that was good. And I'm just watching train wreck after train wreck, and we go, I don't like that plan, I don't like that plan. And uh, as our stage was approaching, Keith Garcia had been there. He was checking out the stages for the weekend, and I'd asked him about that stage. He's like, I got a plan, and if you want it, I was like, yeah, I want it, man. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So he comes over, he's like, all right, we're going to start off with uh, bird, bird, buck, 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 bird, bird, buck, bird, or some bullshit. He said, I want you done there. As you come up the ramp, you're going to load two bird, four buck, two birds. All right, that's cool. You can, you can save your breath on the rest of that because you lost me at, uh, at hello. And so it wasn't until, this, this happens, you know, many times throughout my career, but you're just trying and trying and trying to figure out something that's going to get you through. And, man, it wasn't like the last, last minute. I'm, like, in the hole or something, and finally it clicked. I'm like, all right, this will work. And I you know, found all the targets, figured out the loads, I thought. And I was going to take two of the bucks off the initial load. So that's good. They're already in the tube. So you can take that out of the way. And that only left me with two more bucks targets. And I was just going to single load. So I was going to, you know, jam whatever I was jamming coming into that position and then throw in a single buck off of a, a shell caddy, take one whatever, steel or clay or something, then, then hit the buck and then finish out. And that worked really well, actually. Um, I would definitely do that again. Sure, it takes a little more time to do that extra load one shell, but it was pretty safe. And, uh, you know, it's going to get you through the stage without a, without a big mistake. Uh, the only mistake I did make is I had an extra load unneeded somewhere. And I never sat down and figured it out. Uh, but when I finished the unload and show clear, I jacked like six rounds out. So clearly I... I did one extra quad or something that I didn't need, or extra eight maybe for that for that matter. But 
Um, but for that stage, for me, I was pleased. You know, screw it, get out of there. And, and uh, again, that's not the place I'm going to make it up. Uh, but outside of that, I was pleased with the way I shot. I just got to get more time in on the on the uh, on the shotgun. Probably a little more time on the long range, longer range rifle. That's still an area I think I'm kind of weak. But um, you know, I'm figuring it out. I'm going to hit. I think one more three gun this summer, maybe, and then uh, if the three gun nation nationals are a go, I'm I'm going to try that. That's a pretty good time of year for me where it hasn't been in the past. And then we'll be doing our area six. Uh, multi-gun here again and uh, be at December this year. So that's not open for registration yet, but that December 14th, I think, whatever that weekend is, is, is what we're going to roll with for that. Uh, and that could be a good time of year if, uh, I mean, the Nationals are coming back here next year in the spring, which has traditionally been where the Area 6 multi-gun was. But uh, December might be a good fit too. You know, same reason. There's not a whole lot going on in the rest of the country. Uh, good time for folks to come down to Florida and Get some good winter weather. Uh, so after that, we went straight into Area 6 Pistol, which was in Okeechobee, Florida. A couple hours south. And I was set up to shoot the weekend, but then I had the family uh, change of plans. So they let me come down and shoot on uh, Thursday. So we shot the whole match in a day. Uh, a pretty good mixed squad a couple of guys from uspsa on there and then a couple of local guys a couple of people we didn't know so it was a fun uh, it was a fun squad and stages were stages were okay it was uh, you know pretty easy match i thought um, one of the things a takeaway from that is I, I train pretty much exclusively on uh on ipsc targets the old turtle targets um for no real particular reason. I mean, it's a smaller target, so it, it pushes your accuracy a little bit more. Uh, you know, I don't shoot a lot of international, but in the last couple years working up with the world shoot teams and stuff, obviously I was focused on international. And uh, and then they're just easier to carry around from a just a logistical standpoint. It's, you know, they stack easier and carry easier and staple up easier and all that stuff. Uh, so this is one of the first matches I've been to in a while that was using predominantly USPSA targets. Holy cow, do those things look big when you've been uh, shooting on a smaller target the whole time. So that might be a pretty good training takeaway for you. You know, work on some smaller targets. And it doesn't always have to be partials. You know, like I wouldn't make like all headshots, that kind of thing, because that's, you're rolling into a different fundamental. But, uh, you know, an open IPSC target, you can stay plenty aggressive on. And, you know, when you come to a big USPSA target, uh, it looks ginormous. So maybe that maybe the match wasn't super easy. Maybe it just seemed that way um, because of what I've been training on. But uh, I felt I was pretty aggressive. There was uh, some swingers, but nothing, nothing super hard. Uh, the swingers were relatively slow. They had a crazy stomp pedal contraption thing. It's actually pretty cool. I'm probably gonna get one. Uh, but it's a traditional foot stomp activator thing not like a stomp pad it was like a pedal like a gas pedal you push with your foot and uh worked it worked really well at least when we were shooting it did uh, but they had three of them in succession bang 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 that set off uh, three swingers uh, not too far away but they weren't full swingers there was hard cover above and below and in some cases on one side or the other and there was kind of a cross activation thing going on and 
you know, looking at it, trying to think about the timing, you know, because you're trying to you're trying to stomp on something, and then also get your gun up and aim, and then now you're coming off target and stomping again. It just nothing was looking nothing was looking good in terms of a stage plan. Uh, and again, this is one of those areas where, like, you spend a lot of time trying to get tricky, and it just bites you in the ass. You end up going one, and then it's gone. You go, oh, there's one over there. You try to sling one that way, and that's gone. Go, oh, here's one. Sling one there. It's really easy to get trapped into doing stuff like that, and you end up standing there for five seconds and hitting the hardcover. And so I made the plan: just go in, stomp all three as fast as you can. And I was going to come up and take the targets left to right and wait on them, uh, because you, again, you couldn't really time them out because you've been stomping and the cross activation system. Um, and that worked out well. I mean, I did get I did get a little bit stuck because I came to one. There was nothing. I think twice came to two of them and they weren't there. And I just waited on them. But I was able to double it when it was coming by, so that helped save a little time. Um, so that worked out. That worked out good. Uh, they did have to toss one stage, throw out one stage. So that sucks because I shot really well on that stage. But uh, all in all, man, I finished the match, and you don't really know, you know, because I wasn't shooting with my competition, but. Like I felt, I felt that's the best match I've shot in uh, in recent times. Like there was not a lot of mistakes that I made. The only only real mistake I made is I figure what stage it was, but I went went to a little bit of battle on this piece of steel. They had a full size popper, and I AD'd or as as I call it, aggressive prep the trigger coming into it, and then I tried to of course pick up the pace to make that up and missed it two or three more times. Uh, so I was. And a second or two off the pace there, maybe. But, uh, you know, that was my biggest mistake of the match. And if, you know, two, three, four extra shots on one piece of steel is your biggest mistake in a match, then you probably had a pretty good match. Uh, so I was pleased. And, you know, I've always said, like, if you go out and shoot well, that's all you can do. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't control your competition. All you can do is shoot good for you. And if you've done that, then, you know, you can walk away happy. Uh, which I did. However, <laughs> you still want to win. Uh, so, of course, this is on Thursday, and the match isn't over until Sunday, and I knew, like, a, a lot of the good shooters were spread out. Like, Chris shot on um, Thursday, Friday, I guess, or Wednesday, Thursday or something. And then uh, and then a lot of the other guys, Cody, Cody Baker and uh, uh, Lescar and, and uh, John Villager, and then this kid Christian Saylor were all shooting on the weekend, I think. Uh, so I ended up losing. Christian ended up beating me. But well, when Chris when Chris finished on Friday or Thursday or whatever day he finished, you know, I was able to stay in front of him by a little bit. And again, anytime you can be in front of Chris, you're you're doing well. And with the way I shot, it was nice to know. You know, it was just nice to know that all right, if I go out and shoot good, I can run with him. And uh, you know, stayed in front of everybody except Christian. So he's a young kid out of the out west somewhere, and it's been coming on strong. Shot great at the nationals down here. Typical fearless, young, crazy fast, and uh, you know, pulled out by I think like 20 points over me. But uh, so disappointing not to win. But by the same token, all you can do is control you and shoot well. And I feel like I shot well. So so not been a not been a bad year. Uh, thus far, and when I say year, that's 
the end of last year and the end of this year for uh, for us down here. So I've been seeing the sights pretty well and shooting pretty well. So it'll be interesting to see this match out here. I don't know what kind of flavor it's going to be. They've posted some snippets on uh, Instagram, but it's hard, always hard to tell until you get on the ground. Uh, so I'll be looking forward to see how it holds up out there. I will report back to you. In the meantime, hope you guys are getting out and shooting some around the country. Weather's getting good for y'all. And I'll see you on the range. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass, there's a real blade of